and welcome to TV My Husband Hates. I'm Kat Sims. And I'm Regan Kempton. And we are reality TV addicts. Addicts, uh, aficionados. Ooh, I like that. Experts. Experts. Basically, we know our shit when it comes to reality TV. 100%. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another week of TV My Husband Hates. How are you doing this week, Kat? You know, another week of homeschooling down. I'm fine. I I am fine. We just got the announcement that there's absolutely no way the kids are going back to school before the March the 8th. Um, so that's six weeks away. So that's great. Um, is that half term then? I think that's like after half term. But they're going to give us two weeks notice. So it's probably not going to be until at least two weeks after that. Anyway, it, listen, we can't... It's day at a time <laughs> shit here right now. It's literally... <laughs> Day at a fucking time because I cannot sit here and and wallow in six weeks. Yeah, yeah. No, you can't. You got to just, just take need it day to by keep day. It. And actually, if I do it day by day, the weeks are yeah. fucking flying by. Genuinely, yeah. I cannot believe we've been here for four weeks doing this. So it's all fine. It's just, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, it's like my fine is different to my to what my fine was before. It's Fuck all relative. yes. I mean, I think that's everybody, right? Like we're not in lockdown, but I'm in almost a self-imposed lockdown with the house being done. And it's really behind schedule and everything's fucking up. And we had this like super persnickety, like plumbing inspector here all week. And it's just like, can you just shut the fuck up so my house can be put back together so we can move out? But we passed plumbing inspection this morning. Woohoo! So everything is moving forward. We're having new drywall. Like hopefully... When you guys get out of lockdown, we will be moving out of the basement. I am so excited for you. I think that's going to be amazing. Oh, I'm so tired of sharing a bathroom with my children. Like one bathroom for four people, which I know a lot of people have. My heart goes out to all of you because it fucking blows. I can only imagine how hard it is. Um so we have got a quiet week this week. On yeah, the old, um, we're losing a lot. We're losing a lot. We're going to lose Salt Lake City next week, but we're going to have a guest next week. So that's exciting. Yeah. We'll reveal all later. Uh, but before Absolutely. we get into that, I'm going to do the housekeeping because we always forget. But could you please listen? It just the most helpful thing you can do to support podcasts that you like is um, rate and review them on Apple. It is it's literally the only thing that really matters. Um, we got so- one brilliant review that we got from Australia. Did you see that? I did see it. Yes. So lovely. Love from Down Under. Thank you, James Y.R. Wilson from Australia. We love that you enjoy listening to us. Thank you. So if you do reviews, you get a shout out. Yeah. Basically. For sure. Um, we'll do anything for reviews is essentially what we're saying. <laughs> not um, an OnlyFans site, though. We don't have an OnlyFans site. Listen, <laughs> That's listen. not the way we roll. <laughs> Never say Never. <laughs> I've been in this game long enough to know that occasionally you've got to fucking pivot and make the best of a bad situation. And if that means only fans down the line, I don't think I'll make much money from it. But, you know, no. I'm here for it. So we also Who had a post bag this week. <gasps> we had a post bag this it. week and it was all tied around what Chef Rachel said about having... <laughs> having shit her pants in traffic one time (laughs) as an adult. So we asked you, have you ever accidentally (laughs) shit your pants as an adult? Um, 
Kat, I mean, would you like to share anything? Do you know what? I have been a fuck up in so many <laughs> ways. Like I cannot even count. But the one thing that I have never done is shit my pants. So I totally have, but it wasn't like a full on, like full pants issue. It was like, I thought it was safe to do a fart. Oh no, a shot. You did a shot. And it wasn't. And then I went, ran and took care of it. But I've always been like at home. Like I don't play around with that outside, but we've got one answer here that said, yep. In traffic across the golden gate bridge, got home and threw all my clothes away without my husband knowing when he got home right behind me. (laughs) Oh my God. That's so funny. So I, um, what was I going to say? My sister, because you just have to use the fodder that you get, right? So my sister's going to be really annoyed about this, but I'm going to tell the story anyway. To be fair, it wasn't her fault. She was in London for the day with work and she lives in North York, in Yorkshire. So it's like a two hour train ride. Right. She wined and dined because she was like in PR, wined and dined and uh, champagne, oysters, the whole lot. The oysters didn't go down very well. And she found herself Ooh. on a train shitting through the Ivan Needle, which actually was like, that was awful. But at least I was on the loo. On the train loo, yeah. And it, like the door was locked and it was what it was. She's wearing a white mini dress. I know Reagan's covering her mat. If you're not watching this on YouTube, then Reagan <laughs> is not happy about the direction that this story is going in. Um, anyway, so she got off the train and her brother, our brother, it's a long story, yeah, yeah. Uh, was picking her up and um, in his brand new BMW or something, because that's what my brother, that's what he gives a shit about. Um, yeah. Anyway, he put a towel down for her and she literally, she went like through the whole, th- through the whole thing. Through the whole oh, thing on the way back no. from the police station to home. Just, just everything. Oh, no. Everywhere. Oh, I don't know who I, know. I feel sorrier for. Your Sam, sister or your brother. Sam. I mean, uh, I wouldn't want to clean all that up, though. Like, did Sam clean it up? I don't think he cleaned it up. I'm pretty sure he, just, he like, took, took it to, it to somebody. Yeah. But that's kind of embarrassing as well, like having to drive your shitty car or wait if it's in the evening because the shops aren't open at night. You have to wait till like the next day to drive your, car, your shitty car. I mean, it's, it's bad for both, but yikes. Yeah, but that's the only shit my pants story that I like. That's not even me. I'm trying yeah. to think if I know of any other shit my pants stories. Um, no, I think that's... Uh, that covers it. I think that just about covers the shit my pants I mean, I've got loads of kids shitting their pants stories, but that happens just all the time. I remember when I was trying to potty train Billy and, uh, you know, when you do it the first time around, you always do it too soon. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, sure. She's 18 months. We're going to potty train it. Right, because that's what everybody else tells you that they're doing. And it's all bullshit. (laughs) <laughs> it's all bullshit. Basically, just leave them to potty train themselves. And if exactly. they're like nine and they're still in nappies, it's probably a problem. But pretty much I, anything before that's fine. So I've only had boys, and I know girls are different. But everybody that I have talked to that has boys, literally, here's the book on boys potty training: wait until they're three. It yeah. will take you one weekend. It'll be done. Don't try any sooner than that. Wait till they're three, and it's absolutely not an issue. It's so true. Even with with Bo, the same. Girls, she yeah. needed to be three. Um, Billy was quick, but she's just one of those annoying kids. But but that does everything fast. But 
Bo just needed to be three. And she's still yeah. in nappies at night. Anyway, I digress. Right, I right. went Sorry. into the library once when I was a bit training, potty trained Billy and didn't, she wasn't wearing a nappy, obviously, because we were potty training. Um, and I spent the whole hour and a half in the library fucking catching turds. Like they just kept coming into her pants. And you know, when you're like, you can see that bulge like grow in her butt because they're all yeah. wearing leggings at that age, right. aren't they? And it's literally just like... Like a little tail. Like, <laughs> were they like rabbit turds? It was all... It were. They were like... Like little yes. circles. Yes. <laughs> like big circles. Anyway, so I did, yeah. after the third turd, I was like, oh, I'm done. I'm putting her back in a nappy. And then about yeah. a year and a half later, we tried again and it was like, boom, just yep. done. Just the way it is. And I feel like it is scientifically proven girls potty train faster than boys. At least it has been on my my research with my I, girlfriends I who have girls. Um, I agree. But then also, I think if you've got a girl that's not, that's taking a long time, also fine. Like, don't For freak sure. out. I don't think you need to freak out until they're going to kindergarten. And if they're not potty trained by then, you may want to try. Yeah. Give it a shot. Yeah. Anyway. Shall we, you know, Let's di- move, on. move away from the poo chat? Yeah. Yeah. It's good chat, though. I, I always it like is. a little poo chat. I love poo chat. So do my kids. Um, All right. So the Real Housewives of Atlanta. Here we go. Now, um, Kenya and Latoya. This, for me, is quite um, a worrying relationship like this isn't gonna end well these are both these are both two very strong very manipulative very um thirsty women for sure who uh seem to have found like a common bond in their despicability essentially yes and now kenya's giving her her underwear yeah i mean I don't know the exact time frame of their friendship, but I'm willing to put money on the fact that you and I have known each other way longer. <laughs> and neither one of us have ever bought each other underwear, <laughs> let alone sniffed it. <laughs> I mean, I feel like giving underwear to a girlfriend as a gift is a fun present, like that for a birthday, for sure. whatever, that's cute. But this isn't that. This is like... No. This was mine. It doesn't fit me anymore. And I know yeah. that there were labels on it, but she will have still tried that shit on. It's maybe, you know, I just think yeah. that that's, I'm not against giving them no. underwear. It's just that this relationship is suspicious in its speediness. Well, and I am against sniffing the underwear that somebody has given you. I mean, I don't I know mean, if she was doing a clean test, like just making sure they had never been worn. Because actually I will say, Maybe we have given each other underwear because we were at both each other's bachelorette parties and that may have actually happened. Oh yeah, but that that does the different context. Not the same thing. Not the same thing. Also, I make the assumption, I'm going to be honest, I make the assumption the assumption that if a girlfriend gives me underwear, it's like it's fresh For off sure. the fucking rack. For sure. Not I can't think you, of a I mean, reason why I'd check? sniff it. Yeah. I can't think of a reason why you would. Unless oh, you know. got off on that, which is fine. That, I think, is 100% the only reason. I mean, it is totally fine. No kink shaming here. We don't yuck anybody's yum on this nope. podcast. Um, it's, just, it's just a weird relationship. Yeah. 
It is. It's going to end in tears. For sure, that's going to be explosive at some point. I will bet both my ovaries on that. I hope it's on the show because it will liven up the real housewives of Atlanta. Because I'm still not feeling this show. No, I'm not either. I know, but they're going to have to step it up. But while Kenya and Latoya are having lunch, they discuss plans to go to Charleston. And Kenya uh, tells Latoya that she is taking her nanny and her kid and Latoya... Yes. On the private jet ahead. And the other girls have to go in a five hour sprinter with no, excuse me, I just did a but I didn't need to announce it, but I did. No, you Sorry. didn't, but you're fine. Um, <laughs> are in a sprinter with no aircon. So Kenya tells Drew that she's taking a private jet. Yes. And then she and goes, oh, not. don't tell anybody. Which, and then Drew's, go, go on, ahead. you go. No, you go. I was going to say, here's the thing. This is during COVID, which is something I kind of forgot when I first watched it. And I was like, oh, wait. You they mean probably weren't them are wearing masks? Yeah. They probably don't want to put the baby and the nanny on a commercial flight. Fair enough. Like, I understand needing to get or needing to pay for a private jet to get them down there. Fine. But be fucking open about it. Because ultimately, Kenya has nobody to leave this baby with. She just doesn't. She doesn't leave her with Mark. She's never left this baby with anybody else. Fine. She's got the money. She can pay for a private jet if she wants to. But you need to be open with it. I think she's setting Drew up to look messy when Drew is not messy. Well, I think initially she's just doing it. Like, she's not being open about it just to cause a bit of drama. Like, Mm. amongst the group in general. But it happens to be Drew that falls into the net first. And I like that Drew, I like to see a little a little bit of spice yeah. with Drew because I like that she calls her out and she's like, so how did you get here? You know? Um, and then Kenya's like, well, she's being messy. It's like, no, 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 no. She's not being messy. She's calling you out on your right. messiness. Yeah. because Well, and you're trying to set her up to look messy. Like this was, yeah. I think it was a whole plan. I think Kenya knew if she told Drew, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. She yeah, told she Drew doesn't like purpose. Drew. She no, like Drew. no. She's constantly referring to Drew as a stray. And the reason, of course, is because Drew actually has a bona fide acting career. She, right. You know, she's legitimately I mean, successful in films it, and TV. Yeah. And that is like Kenya's trigger. She fucking hates it. For sure. But also, if anybody's the stray, it's Toya. Like, nobody else likes Toya. She's what? only there because she's sniffing Kenya's underwear. Yes. True story. Facts. I mean, facts. Nothing but the truth bombs on fucking TV my husband hates. Exactly. Let's talk about the dinner at Drew's house. Where I don't often want to give Ralph props because he's a bit of a weirdo. But he was on his best hosting behavior at this dinner. He gave good hosting game. But here's the thing with me and Ralph. I yeah. have seen enough of him to feel oh, like sure. he's like the guy that behind closed doors is a controlling narcissist. But when everybody else is around, b- makes everybody go, oh, my God, he's amazing. So that when Drew says, by the way, he's a controlling narcissist, they're like, but he's always been so lovely. Yeah. So everybody can like gaslight her and think she's the crazy one. Not yeah. him. That's fair. Sorry. I mean, I hear you and I think he did a great job at it. Yeah. I don't trust a fucking No, it's, it's that- all it's all about like a master manipulation, right? Like he does that shit on purpose, which hundred percent. I totally, yeah, I agree with you on that. Um, and I really, I really like Drew. I have a lot of yeah. time for her, and I, and I, it always makes me sad when I see fucking women with these guys that 
And these women For are strong, successful, sure. professional women. And it's always, it's, people are like, oh, that would never happen to me. I'd never let that happen. But it's always strong, professional, amazing women that it does happen to. A hundred percent. These guys are masters at their fucking game. Like this yeah. is not anything new. I mean, we know Ralph has been doing this since he was a kid because he did it to his mom. Yeah. That came out in therapy. And I don't know, like there are lows that people will go to in relationships that are just despicable. And it, they're mostly perpetrated by the dudes in they my are, experience. Uh, predominantly. Yes, there are vicious, awful, nasty, manipulative women out there for sure. Like, I mean, you know, yeah, we're going to be talking about Bronwyn in the OC yeah, reunion and the whole domestic abuse <sighs> issue that comes up around that. Yes. You know, we can't women are not exempt from being no. despicable humans in relationships too. But there's no doubt that predominantly it does end up that men kind of tend to abuse the women in relationships. But while we're talking about relationships well, they are in this situation for sure. In this situation. For sure for it's sure. Ralph. Yeah. Um but also, let's while we're on relationships, Portia gives us a little bit more this week about her and Dennis. Now, I know yeah. you've got an opinion on this, Kempton. I certainly do. And I love Portia, and I think she's a badass. But I don't know how clear she is being to Dennis about there being, like, she's telling all the girls, like, there's no way we're getting back together. Like, we are just going to be co-parents. That's where our relationship ends. I... Don't think Dennis knows that. Interesting. So you think because that she's kind of stringing him along for her own benefit? Maybe. And maybe she's doing it subconsciously because, you know, he did really hurt her. And I'm going to totally give Portia the benefit of the doubt. I don't True. think she's being like an evil, manipulative bitch. But I think it feels really nice for somebody who has wronged you to be constantly apologizing and trying to do nice things and trying to do all this. Cause no guy that I've ever encountered who there's no way he's getting back into the V is consistently buying designer bags. Like maybe he'll drop you off at a friend's house because, or like to go on a trip because you're co-parenting fine, but it's the designer bag angle that I don't quite buy that he would be doing if he didn't think there's any chance of getting back together with her. Do you know what? I sort of feel like, you're right, but I also feel like Dennis, like, you know, these flashy guys with lots of money. Yeah. I think it's not that he's doing it because he thinks she might. It's because he thinks he can win her over. So I feel like yeah. even if she's saying this right. is not happening, we are co-parenting. Dennis right. might still be the guy that's like, if I buy her thinks enough still a designer chance. handbags, right. she's probably going to let me put my D in her V. For sure. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I mean, I don't know For which sure. way it is. But yeah. I do sort of feel like Portia has been phenomenally um, magnanimous in this whole situation. Like she's really, she could have been really difficult because he screwed her over. And she's continuously kept the baby in the middle of it and at the forefront right. and worked hard to make this a great co-parenting relationship. 100%. There's no doubt in my mind that if she was not kind of in charge of the co-parenting situation, it would not be going as well as it's going. Oh, no. I mean, I think Dennis is probably a sweetheart, but I don't think he's anywhere near the level of emotional maturity that no. 
is displayed. I mean, she's Portia has two kids on her hands right now. I I feel like that's the situation. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um. So they all get on. They're all on their way over to Charleston, and uh, they discuss. And it was there's some fracas at the end because, of course, the women discover that she's on the private jet and she's taken Brooklyn with her. And there are some very unhappy women about this. Yeah, first off, I don't I mean, if you have somebody to leave your kids with to go on a girl's trip, I don't know why you then complain about having to leave your baby. I mean, let's be real. We all need a fuck it. We all need breaks. Right. 100%. And if you've got somebody that you trust to look after your kiddo, fucking cool. You you do you, you go do that. I don't think Kenya has anybody in her life that she trusts to watch no. after her kid. She doesn't have family. She doesn't have a mom. She doesn't have a dad. She doesn't have those people near her that are close enough to look after Brooklyn. And no. obviously Mark isn't, doesn't no. give a shit. He sounds fucking terrible, by the way. He's, he's a disgusting, disgusting human. One of the worst. One of the yeah, worst. for sure. Him and for Michael sure. are right up there for me. Oh, Michael yeah. from Potomac. Yeah, I would almost say... Worse than Michael. I would almost say worse than Michael because Michael does not neglect his wife and kid. Like he fucks around on them and he does a lot of shit, but he is also there to like do some of that shit. Whereas I think Mark has been fucking hands off the entire time. You make a very valid point. Um, So with that in mind, of course, Kenya has to take the baby, but she, she's also taking a nanny. Like it's, it's not like she's expecting to have the baby. For sure nine to five um yeah and i'm with you if that was me and i heard that portia was that kenya was bringing her baby and i was portia or something i'd be like oh man that must suck i'm really pleased right? i got to leave mine with dennis <laughs> absolutely like i'm so happy i have a partner that i can trust to actually take care of our child or a mom. I mean, I know that you whoever. love your kids. I know we all love our kids. And I yeah. don't know if that's where this comes from. Like, right. oh, maybe they think they should be kind of standing up because standing up against it and because that will show that they're good mums who love their kids. No. It, it's not that doesn't work no. for me. I'm like, you take your time. Like, give the baby to the dad because he's a parent too. For sure. And go, and go and have, have good some fun time with your, your girlfriends. girlfriends. 100%. This is why, we're I mean, on the this same is page. why this is why we're mates. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. there's no I mean, to be fair, I'd probably leave them with somebody I didn't 100% trust as well. <laughs> my kind of babysitting is like I'll just open the front door. Hi. You. You busy? Next couple of days. <laughs> I joke before you all write in. Right. <laughs> um, Stop listening to us. They hate their children. They're obviously terrible wives and mothers. Just leave them with strangers. <laughs> um, let's, uh, before we move on, here's just a little thing that we'd love you to listen to. While we've got you here, we'd love to talk to you about our brand new Patreon account. Woohoo! It's all the extra content that is not only about reality TV, but all the other TV that we happen to be watching. And if that wasn't cool enough, we also give away a little bit more about ourselves. So there's lots of personal stuff on there too, if you want to get to know us better. So head on over to patreon.com, search for TV My Husband Hates, and all this extra content can be yours for less than a cup of coffee. Or a glass of wine. Whatever you choose. Okay, so with that out of the way, let's move <laughs> on to Below Deck, um, oh, where Gastro is run, running rampant through the boat. 
Absolutely. Ashling really bothered me this episode about like not seeing the doctor for the same tummy issues, but still having to go the next day. I know. I just take advantage of the doctor doctor. being on the boat. Yeah, I know. I I get it. You want to be the person that's working through the pain and turning up regardless. Why? But just, you know, the doctor's right there. Just Rachel's seen her. She's been told that she's got gastro. You've probably got gastro. Just go and see the doctor too. Right. She'll give you medicine and you'll start feeling better. What's the point of working through the pain when someone is literally right there to give you like pain relief? A hundred percent. Of course, somebody who is not afraid to ask for doctors and medicine and all this bit, Liz. Liz with her UTI and James, who's James is being a massive child. Liz is being a big baby. Um, And they get themselves in a right pickle this week. By doing it in the guest cabin. Like, obviously, that UTI wasn't too painful. Can I just say shoved in the V when I have a UTI, the thought of a penis being in the same fucking room as me, (laughs) like makes me clench my sphincter. The thought of actually having sex while you have cystitis or a UTI is just unthinkable to me and makes me think she's just fucking making a mountain out of a molehill. For sure. Or she has an STD. (laughs) <laughs> or she has an std <gasps> i wonder if james gave her an std maybe maybe or maybe it was like fooling around in the hot tub kind of deal you know that's yeah. not my good friend for got, well actually my friend thought she got an eye infection from fooling around drunk in a hot tub but it turned out to be something else but we that's what we thought it wasn't pretty I think <laughs> you should be careful in hot tubs they're basically sure. a cesspit of germs <laughs> they, they they're a gigantic tub. Yeah. Where you can, you know, cook with like multiple various people. bacteria. <laughs> oh, and like nobody gets inside those jets to clean them. Like, I don't know. Like nobody's like in there cleaning out the jets. Oh, it just reminds me of a girl's trip I did once where it, there was like 13 of us and there was a hot tub. And of course, like literally all 13 of us got in the hot tub, pissed at three in the morning and yeah. then fell out of it, whatever. Went back to it the next morning to find that there was about 10 centimeters of water and it was just full of like mud and grass because we'd all been jumping in and out of it. <laughs> and because there'd been like maximum six and there was like 16 <laughs> of us in there. All the water had just been splashing over. I mean, it was, it's not pretty. <laughs> No, (laughs) it's not pretty. Anyway, so they jump into the guest cabin and I have to say, I have been watching this series from day dot and I have never seen staff use a guest cabin without asking a chief stew first. I've never seen it. No. And I've also never seen like a chief stew turn it down when asked. Like the minute they're asked, they're like, cool, just take care of it or sleep on top of it or whatever. It's your responsibility to make sure it's good to go. That's cool. But that does not happen in this situation. No. And this is when like James and Liz just get on my, uh, get on my tits because I I just think these are very simple decisions that you could like make differently that would not piss Chess off. And I get why Chess is done because it's so, you know, as a teacher, right? This is what it reminds me of. As a teacher, it's not the kid that's fucking throwing chairs and calling you a cunt that's the problem. You can deal with that shit. 
For sure. It's the low level disruption shit. It's the one that looks at you all fucking smiles and I'm doing it, but he's been sending letters or egging somebody else on, or he's like constantly just nagging, nagging, nagging. And that's what Liz is doing. She's just low level, constant shit. And constantly fucking making the wrong decisions. Like, I'm sorry, but if my boss was already fucked off at me, I sure as hell would not be trying to sleep in a guest cabin. Like, I know, right? Like, she says, I can't do right for doing wrong. But then you go and make that decision. Yeah. Every decision you make is wrong. The little shit would be done. Like, Chess could miss it if you weren't fucking up all the time. For sure. And at first, I wrote down on my notes that I thought Francesca was being a bit of a dick to Liz because she was like, what do I need to do next? And she's like, I'm fucking busy. Like just do your job or whatever. But actually the more that I think about it, if someone was constantly fucking up and doing like little bullshit that made my day to day life fucking hard, I'd probably be the exact same. Like, well, I don't know. Why don't you look around and do your fucking job? Well, and this is like fifth or sixth charter. And, yeah. And, and she has isn't- loads of experience. Right, she's not 19. She's going to be 30. So if you have been in this game for a while, this is your sixth charter on this boat, and you still can't figure out what the fuck it is you need to do in the morning, then there's a fucking problem. For sure. For sure. Because you know what? I could tell you what you need to do in the morning as like the bottom stew. You need to check the fucking laundry, start tidying up the guest cabins if they're having breakfast. That's what you need to do. Give us a call. We'll tell you. Everybody who watches the show can tell you what to do. It's true, but I'm not going to do it. I'm going to be, no. on, I, I'll be a guest one day. I'm manifesting Fuck, yeah. being a guest. Exactly. Uh, but um, I know that's a big ask for the universe, but I'm t- fucking, it's going to happen before I die. It's on hey, my bucket list. You know what? Pro- producers of Below Deck, we are available to be guests. We will save up for that tip. True story. We could do a live podcast on one dinner. Wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't that I be I think awesome? I'd want Rachel to be my chef. Yeah. And I'd want Captain Lee. Yeah. Yeah. Who would you want as the chief stew? I'd want Kate to come back, to be honest. I want her to make like dick shapes in the the blankets. 100% I want Kate. And actually, as much as I do want Rachel, the chef, for um, the food, because she's hands down the best. But there's Ben. I mean, there's Ben. And I know he's a dick. I know he's a dick. We want two chefs on our charter. (laughs) But I'd shag Adam too. Yeah, but his food is not that great. Not that I don't want to I don't want to have not that great food. It would be Ben. Who would be your like bosun? Oh, that's a tricky one because I I mean Eddie's fine, but you know, he's the beige cardigan. Yeah, but um, you know, I think that's kind of what I want in my bosun. Like I just want someone who's like making sure we're all safe. Slow and steady. And, like, yeah. Yeah. And not like being a raging mass like a raging, you know, sexist pig yeah sexist yeah, pig I mean, that's narcissist trying to rape me in my cabin <laughs> yeah that i mean that would fun. suck <laughs> i mean but, i'm not laughing about i'm not <laughs> no, laughing about rape but i just love the way you're like i mean that was like where you went to when yeah. it came to thinking I mean, about i mean Ashton. that's my line that's right essentially where you went you're like that's my boundary <laughs> yeah just not ashton for sure um and then everybody else would be fine. I don't think I'd want Elizabeth on there. I would I would be cool with Izzy being the lead deckhand, which yeah. she now is, which I think is awesome. Congratulations, um, Izzy. Can we just yeah. talk about how there is nothing more pathetic than a boy's bruised ego? 
holy fucking shit. Like, what the hell is wrong with Rob? Like, he's love- kind of this milk toast dude that just talks about like Dungeons and Dragons weird shit, which is fine. <laughs> and then, I love like, that he's the- like, I love that he's been so fucking quiet, brought nothing, yeah, nothing no. to the show. And he could have brought so much. <laughs> and what he decides is his like platform is fucking to be a misogynistic sexist pig who's yeah. a, bit fu- a sore loser. Yeah, it's not cute. Like, dude, it ha- have you, I mean, he's not even being that great of a, ma- like, misogynistic no. fool. No, he's Because not even we had that. that last season. Yeah. This he can't is hold nothing. a candle to those dudes. No, it's just a tantrum. It's just yeah. a sexist little. Oh, such a little baby. Tantrum. Such a baby. I mean, did he get tired of making weird Dungeons and Dragons sexual innuendos to James? Because I felt like that's what he's been doing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I didn't even know that's what I'm. I'm still waiting to figure out exactly yeah. what he's been doing. I mean, I have no doubt so he's great weird. on deck, but and on a television show, he's not it, that great. Like, I would literally rather watch paint dry than him. I could not pick Rob out of a lineup. No, I couldn't. No, so I think we're all agreed on that. Yeah. Um, anyway, what's going to be great is watching Izzy kick ass at this because yeah, she's not going to she take. The shit. She's she's gonna nail it, and I believe she's gonna be um, just show up the the guys and make them look like dicks. Well, she kind of already is. Yeah, true, true that. Um, shall we move on to Dallas? Let's do where everybody has a hangover. <laughs> I think this is the most hungover I've seen people in a long yeah. time. <laughs> Carrie well, I mean, remembers like- fuck all. I, I cannot believe the stuff that she does not remember being sprayed down by champagne at all. Like, you'd be sticky. <laughs> like, I mean, did you yeah, just but not if wake you got up in the pool and, afterwards. Oh, for, true. But then you'd smell like, yeah, I guess then you'd just smell like chlorine. Fair. Um, anyway, I mean, it looks like they had a great party considering there was six of them in a garden the size of a small park. Um <laughs> Good on yeah. them for bringing the rage when there was no rage Absolutely. there to start with. So I, I, mean, like, to, I mean, Brandy did not get home until five o'clock in the morning. I mean, she so it must is my, have been a good time. She is my spirit animal. She just is, and uh, I I high five that for her. Hell yeah, that's us. Uh, um, thank goodness Cameron isn't too hungover to still be banging on about the chicken foot because I was worried that we weren't going to hear about the chicken foot this week, but thank goodness it was still there. Well, I mean, it's such an important, you know, distinction that, you know, Tiffany really, really crossed a line and invaded Cameron's space. Yeah, and and it's exact. Cameron's got it exactly right when she says that... um, her not trying the chicken foot was offensive to the cults. I'm really pleased she understood that because um, yes. I'm going to have to stop being sarcastic now because <laughs> this bitch is just fucking dumb. It's Fuck not me, about the fact that you didn't want to eat the chicken foot because nobody really wanted to eat the chicken foot. It's no. the fact that you were such an ignorant, spoiled brat about it. Yeah. That was the problem. And then you tried to make it all about how you knew Chinese culture better than Tiffany. Yes, that was also There's that too. not great. Jesus Christ. It's... Come on, it's Cameron. Mi- it's mind-blowing. Just do better. Do better. Do better. Um, <laughs> before... So, okay, so my notes are a little bit mi- mixed up, but I'd like to talk, before we go on to the Carrie Deandra thing, because 
Mm-hmm. I think we could probably do that at the end with the brandy chat. But For sure. Tiffany's mum guilt is obviously something that we could all relate hard to. For sure. I mean, I think it's really interesting because I've kind of done it backwards. So I stayed home when my kids are really little. And now that my kids are going to school, I'm now looking to kind of expand my stuff a little bit. You know, so well, I you're was like there Stephanie for the in that way. A hundred percent. I like, I really identify with Stephanie, but I also, I mean, like being a doctor is hardcore and that's really not something that you can take huge breaks from and then just like pop back in when you like to, like my, my jobs are not being a doctor. That's not my realm. And you know, like I, I totally understand where she's coming from, but I also want to be like, you know what? Your girls think you're badass, And it's very obvious. They think that from like when they were doing the CPR training, like they're super into what their mom wants to do. And I get that like kids want her at home, but I don't know. I think Tiffany's a but badass. But also kids, and- kids say they want you at home, but yeah. then if you were at home all the time, they'd want daddy because daddy was away. For all the sure. time. Like, kids don't know. And we can't take our lead from kids. No. We have to trust our gut. And I think that yeah. she, cause this is essentially, there's two of them, but I'm, they're twins, right? So yeah, they're twins. Yeah. She's, this is like her first rodeo. Yeah, and, sure it doesn't matter what you do. Like, I mean, I was working all the way through because I was a freelancer and and of course you feel that guilt. Yeah. But also it's not about whether you work or not. It's about whether you fucking make them feel safe in general, whether you make them feel loved in general. And you can do that at the beginning and the end of the day, if that's what you can do or you do it all the way through. Because trust me, if you're spending all day with the kids, you're not spending all day with the kids making them feel safe and loved. You're spending a a good significant portion of that time pretty stressed, pretty frustrated and probably snapping. So there's pros and cons to everything. Well, and so this is what, I've got a few friends who worked when their kids were young and then kind of stepped away when they got older. And I'm going to tell you honestly, like my kids do not remember when like my oldest does not remember when he was the only kid and I did everything with him and I made, I made all the stuff. He has fucking no recollection, no recollection of any of that bullshit. So for me, like telling other moms, like it, it doesn't matter. Like when you miss time, like a kids don't remember when they're little anyways, you know, yeah. they just don't. True. So, you know, and it's, you do and you we're just, and we're just you doing literal. you is the best momming you can do. And we're just too literal. We've been told that you have to spend time. Yeah. Like that is the holy grail. It's the amount of time. Right. And it just isn't. Being a good mom is, that's like one part of it, but it's everything. It's just. No, and I feel like you and I had this discussion before, but there's a study out now that show working mothers are spending more time at home with their kids now than stay at home moms in the 50s did. True story. They spent 11 hours. It's not more time. It's more time like direct one-on-one yeah, playing. Yeah, for so sure. So I think in the 50s, it was something like 11 hours that mums would, stay-at-home mums would spend directly playing, interacting with A their week, kids. A week, right? A week. And yeah. now it's something like working mums spend something like 17 hours directly interacting, playing yeah. with their kids. So not like just doing the laundry while the kids play, but actually yeah, sitting yeah, down for crafting sure. with them. And that's like... That's ridiculous. Crazy. It's ridiculous yeah. because we are still being made to feel like we are not as good a doing mums enough. Yeah. as they were because we're working and doing our thing and we're fucking doing more and it's 
batshit that we're still being made to feel guilty about this. Absolutely. Because I'm going to tell you, every show from the 50s that I watched, the mums are having cocktails with each other and smoking cigarettes while the kids are like running around outside. And knocking back fucking Valium from like... Or amphetamines, so they have enough energy to then vacuum the entire house. They've got the vapors. They're having naps all the time. You know. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm here for like cocktails and cigarettes with my mum friends every now and again. But um, yeah, I think I hear... And I also think Tiffany is doing a phenomenal job. And I think... yeah. I love watching her kids get excited and dress up and do that. I think she's going to be fine. Me um, too. Speaking of mums as well, I'm going to separate the two carries that we saw in this. Yeah, in this I episode think you have to. Because the conversation I saw Carrie have with her daughter was genuinely a really beautiful moment for me to watch. Agreed. I totally agree with you on that. And I love how much she listens and empathizes and is just there for her kids like that that's that's all it takes to be a good mom and it's so hard for parents to get this right but she didn't try and fix it she didn't say right we'll do this you can go see this doctor we'll go to this center or whatever it was none of that it was like i'm here i've i'm sorry you're feeling this way if there's anything i can do and it yeah. works because you hear Olivia, who's like really happy to take the piss out of her mum, who has never really For said sure. much yeah. of a good thing about her mum <laughs> until this moment where she's like, she's been my rock. Like, yeah. I'm so lucky to have her. I did love how she shaded her, though, when she was oh like, could God, you imagine my it. mom's voice, like, being comforting at all? <laughs> and then when she's taking the piss and, like, mimicking her and, like, Eduardo, what are you getting me for my 50th birthday? That's an awful Mexican accent, but I'm only doing mm-hmm. it because that's what Olivia did. Um, and, it, yeah. and, you know, I love that, but I think that Kerry's handling a very, very difficult dis- uh, situation really really fucking perfectly for sure i agree with you on that what she's not doing perfectly (laughs) is being a friend (laughs) true she's being such a dick to deandra all the time i don't understand where this is coming from like i feel it's a jealousy thing but i can't think why the jealousy is there. I don't know why she's so mad with her. Do you think that she's mad because Deandra's business is doing fine? Like since coronavirus, like it's still, it's weathering that. Whereas her business just tanked. Tanked. Maybe that's it. Um, Yeah. I mean, it it almost feels like there's nothing Deandra can do right now that isn't going to get some sort of snide comment from Carrie. Um, and it's exhausting to watch. Like for sure. And I wonder, cause Carrie mentioned something like Deandra's like my sister. So like they have like this relationship, but it's like, but she's not your sister. She is still your friend and you're being an asshole and everybody in America and around the world is watching it. And it's really fucking uncomfortable. And it's weird because, you know, Deandra does a really good thing with Brandy's birthday. And I love that Deandra recognizes that moment where Brandy bought her the necklace and hasn't forgotten that stuff. Cause I think yeah, in this yeah. world of like people buying shit and pretending For to be sure. mates, you can forget those moments. But I love that Deandra remembered that and wanted to pay it back to Brandy and organize this really fantastic trip. And um, in a way that Brandy would want it to be too, because you and I talk about this a lot, how a lot of people are like, well, I'm going to treat you the what, what I would want. And I would want this big thing and whatever. And Brandy's like, does not want 
that for her birthday at all. So they do a very cool, just like girls day out kind of low key birthday celebration for her. They do. I, I mean, it's lovely. The only misstep I feel, and and maybe I'm just <laughs> wrong, is the, the whole Captain Brandy thing weirds me out because essentially it's Brandy's head on a stick, which yeah. doesn't really <laughs> seem that cele- celebratory to me. It feels a uh, bit like, you know, some yeah. sort of 1600th, 16th century witch hunt. I don't find, um, I, I don't understand it at all. Like, was I it would kind of, you know how like tour Brandy guides have there. those things? Right, yeah. right. I'd understand it. Brandy wasn't there, and they were like, "This is replacement Brandy." I'd yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Weird, but we wish funny. you were here. Yeah, yeah. But she is there along with yeah. her pitchfork head. It's really weird. <laughs> it's really weird. Anyway, that aside, I still am not like embarrassed by it. I'd still no. think it was like hilarious. Yeah. Carrie no. doesn't think it's hilarious because she just Carrie doesn't to judge. think anything's right. I mean, the tequila is not the right temperature. Like Deandra is, is not apparently hosting well enough. She's like, oh my God. Like, I feel like Carrie's being like the critical eye parent. And it's like, you can't fucking do anything right. She's like, oh. Well, and she's know. got bloody Cameron on her side now as well. And Cameron loves nothing more than to judge somebody for not being right? like up to scratch. So Deandra with all her free spirit and spanks showing yeah. and craziness just is everything cam wants to be but can't be well and i almost wonder if it between like deandra and cam there's a little a jealousy by cam because deandra can kind of be whoever she wants to be she's still within dallas's society because she's like been born into it like she can do whatever the fuck she wants whereas cam is like married into it but only as this like very prim and proper like woman so that's who she has to be all the time well, I and know. I think that's really apparent when Cam makes that really snide comment where she's like, your mom, your mom gives you your checks. She does it in an interview. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? There seems to be like a little bit of a disconnect here because doesn't your husband write your checks? Like for sure. And Deandra runs that company. Like, yeah. And I'm not against, do you know what? Like, I, it, yes, God, I wish I'd been born into a fucking trust fund, but I'm yeah. not against people who are born into a trust fund getting the money that like, I get it. It is what it is. That's what it happens. But you've also got to recognize your own privilege. And Cameron's like, yeah, her lack of self-awareness when she accuses her of taking checks from her mom, when she is literally married into money and gets checks from her husband. And through the party at her father-in-law's house. I just, uh, yeah. it blows my mind. We're not fans, Cam. Not fans. No. no. Despite your occasional moment yes. of comedic brilliance, it's not enough to win me over. No, I just wish it was more consistent. Like, if you could just be, I don't know, more tolerant, you'd yeah. probably win us over. Because that's all just, it is. Just a bit more smart. Like, she's just not yeah. very, she's not great at, at like really assessing and judging situations. Right. It's like very no, black and not. white for her. There's no critical thinking. And yeah. that, I just think it's not boring. cute when you get to a certain age. It, it's boring. It's She's for like sure. a real life fucking share from Clueless. Right. But like, but, but, like pre when but, she's not smart. Yeah, but mean. Yeah. Like a Regina George yeah. from Mean Girls. Yeah. Who also only wears pink. Interesting. Interesting. uh anyway um let's let's move on to our final show which is oh my gosh of course this This show is delivering and thank god for jen shah i mean we have a lot to talk about we are not jen shah fans necessarily but thank god for jen shah 
For sure. Where to start? I don't know Megan. what the fuck her problem is. I, I am confused. Like, I mean, she's made me like Lisa, which I thought was impossible. Who, who knew, <laughs> me too. Who knew that was going to happen? Hell officially froze over. But For here's sure. the thing, right? I just, if she hadn't accepted Whitney's apology and this was still an ongoing thing, I'd be like, okay. Yeah. But it's like she's done this twice now. Yes, it's fine. I accept your apology. Let's have a cuddle. It's fine. Let's move on. Yeah. And then doesn't just go, do you know what? I'm just still not okay. Like, I'm really sorry. It's still, I'm still struggling with it. Instead, goes postal. Fucking mental. Like, yeah, I like- love that Meredith left. And I'm usually not a fan of people leaving, but, like, you can't fucking argue with crazy. Meredith nailed it. Like, Jen was trying to tell her who to hang out with, regardless of what Jen believes she was doing. And I agree with Meredith. Like, fuck this. I'm well, out. I, I do, too. And, and like you said at the beginning, I liked Meredith in this episode. I liked Lisa in this episode. I I mean, we'll talk about Mary later. Oh, Even yeah. Mary, I was like, you know what? Like, nobody compared to Jen. No. It, it's just I almost jumped out of my chair watching Jen hit Heather. I know. Just not okay. Like, what Fucking the fuck not okay is wrong at with all. this woman? You've kicked a puppy. You've just kicked yeah. a puppy. <laughs> you have. Like, That's Heather exactly what she's done. is the nicest, most compassionate person on this show who really tries to be friends with everybody and empathizes with everybody. But, like, she's I too love also... She is too codependent, but I do like that in this episode, we see her fucking stand up to Jen. Yeah, because I'm with you. Like we see the, the, when they all meet up for their debrief in the evening after the whole thing in the suite and, and everybody's like, I'm done with Jen. And Heather's still like, no, you know, that's not what a friend is. I'm like, babe, at some point you have to let go of the codependency. You have to recognize that there are some people that are just not good for you. And you walk away and it's not a failure. It's just a decision that you make for the betterment of both of your lives. And I I think think that's where Jen is now. With I think that's where Lisa is with Jen. I really respected Lisa's decision. She wasn't a bitch about it. She's like, I'm done. I'm out. She's made a smart choice. So when Heather was saying this, I was like, oh. Well, I think with Heather. into the room with her. Yeah, I think with Heather, you see the damage her husband did to her. Like, that's all from that, which we can see. But yeah, keep going. Like, when we but, see them yeah, in the but, room And then together. when she gets into the room with her, I'm expecting her to be, like, little misplicating. And actually, the way that she speaks to Jen and she calls her out on her shit, and she's like, well, that would be great. But in this situation, you're the one that's fucked up. And Jen, and this is the thing with Jen, yeah. she genuinely cannot believe what she is hearing no and i like i just feel like either jen has no real people in her life other than sharif to be like what the fuck because all of those people in that tiny ass hotel in that hotel room a would make me feel claustrophobic as fuck but b they're they're just all yes people like she pays them all so of course they're gonna agree with you yeah she's she's really she can't be vulnerable at all like even when they're in the hypnotists no. and everybody's got their eyes closed and they're doing this thing there takes a certain amount of vulnerability to close your eyes in a room with people and trust that everybody's yeah. part of the same she can't even do that she's got eyes open she's not engaged she's she's not going to give herself over to anything oh and that bullshit about like not trusting heather oh fuck off. oh fuck off 
I mean, when they both, when they all put their hands up, it was like, yeah. come to Jesus. Like, this is the moment. This is this your is day of reckoning, Jen. Fucking sort this shit out. Because we've it's all so had friends up. like that. We've all had friends like that. For sure. Like, I just, I don't know if I've ever met anybody. Not necessarily to that level. Non, yeah, as, as non-self-aware as Jen is. Yeah. No, I agree. Like, who just doesn't get any of this story. Doesn't get that, like, Whitney told her, Mary said this about these two girls. Like, Whitney never fucking said that they definitely said it. And it's no. just like, how are you not following this story? It's fucking easy. Because it doesn't not, fit with her yeah. narrative. It's, it's so frustrating to watch. And I can only it imagine is. how frustrating it is to fucking be part of it. For sure. Oh, like, I don't know. But let's also talk about Meredith in that little, like, in their debrief, when Meredith comes clean about, like, all her marriage stuff to everyone. I don't warm to Meredith. It's not a surprise. Yeah. I don't warm to Meredith, but I do have a lot of respect for her. I can respect, I think that she is very measured. I think she's very thoughtful. I think she's very smart. I think she's absolute zero fun. For sure. Um, but I think that everything she does is very considered. And I think she would never have brought this up if she didn't feel like this was the best course of action to kind of quell the storm. Right. Yeah. And I think she handles it brilliantly. Yeah. Um, I wasn't a super fan of Lisa getting all offended. Like, oh, no. she's my best friend and she didn't tell me any of this stuff. It's like, well, she always said it had shit going on in her life. Like not about you <laughs> no people get to keep their stuff private if that's For what they sure. want to do even if um, you're best friends she could still have her own life FYI. also lisa there's enough fucking going on right now like, let's stay focused on the real clusterfuck <laughs> jesus Christ. For sure but how's this like jen telling everybody she's left and staying Oh, of course she did, though, because nobody followed her. So she wouldn't have. This is the thing with Jen. She needs to be center of attention, even if it's center of the worst kind of attention. And she can't leave. Like, she loved it when Lisa followed her. And the fact that when she left and nobody followed her or whatever, that, of course, she stays because she doesn't want to miss out or not be involved. For sure. There is something so desperately insecure about her that it's painful to watch. But fuck me. If you've got to pay your friends to be around you all the time. For sure. No, I love the time at the hypnotist when they're all kind of being very real with her. I love Meredith fucking being like, this is not cool. Yeah. I loved the hypnotist that was like, yeah, no, that's (laughs) still not an apology. No. Should we try again? (laughs) Right. Uh, But like me with my kids. Nope, 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 nope. I was like, End it right there. Just, I'm so sorry. Done. That's all you got to (laughs) say. No buts. Jen found that like the hardest thing she's ever done. In I know. Her I felt like she was gonna lie. I felt like she was gonna punch the hypnotist at some point. Like, oh fuck! <laughs> she was wearing this like uber tight j- jumpsuit as well, oh my and God. I was thinking she's literally like, like she's gonna hulk gonna out of that in a minute. <laughs> it was you know I mean? great it was, like the too. perfect color. I was like, she's hulking out of that any minute now. Not like a messing. lady Hulk. <laughs> I have thrown the occasional lady Hulk tantrum. Oh, who like, hasn't? Sometimes you I have to. I was waiting for her to do that. Um, oh, man. 
Well, listen, I think that brings us to the end. We will be discussing um, Salt Lake City with a guest next week. Watch yes, out and it's the finale. We'll announce. And it's the finale. So that's, yeah. so that's really cool. So Very we'll be cool. down to three shows. Right. Um, other shows are coming. So the, oh, Real Housewives of New- yeah, the Real Housewives of New Jersey is coming back. Below right. Deck Sailing Yacht is coming back. Um, so we'll be hooking up with those at some point. But I need to check the dates. That's cool. And of course, we haven't talked about Southern Charm because it's reunion time. So we'll be doing that in a minisode as well. Um, And if you guys listened to us at all last year, you know how much we loved Family Karma. That's been announced that it's been picked up for a second season. So we will for shiz be talking about that show when it comes back. And... This is the last, I mean, yes. it might be the last item, but Who we knows? did just record our Patreon content for January. We're a little bit behind the curve on that, but it is going up and um, uh, Jimmy's going to do it tonight, hopefully. Um, cool. And so if you want to listen to our chat on Married at First Sight, then yes. you're going to have to sign up to Patreon. But we're worth we it. Also, I promise you we're worth it. Yeah, we've got some great stuff in the works for Patreons moving forward as well. Um there's a lot of really interesting chats happening on the internet right now with um, some certain celebrities and connections to housewives. And there's some weird, crazy shit going on with some reality stars that we've all been chatting about. So if you want to hear the tea on all that, you need to head over to Patreon and uh, check those episodes out. They're quite a bit different than our regular episodes. So They are. But for now, thank you as ever for giving us your time. We hope that we have entertained you. Um, If you're in the UK, we hope that we bring just like a little bit of sunshine into your life every week. Um, And if you're not in the UK, then lucky you. (laughs) But we are all still thinking about you and sending you all the good vibes. If only good vibes could cure coronavirus, we'd be sorted. Only. We would. Uh, But for now, thank you so much. And we will be back next week. In the meantime, remember that smart smart people people watch reality TV TV too. (laughs) Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Please subscribe, rate, and review TV My Husband Hates wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TV My Husband Hates and join the Facebook group to keep the conversation going when the podcast ends. If Twitter's your thing, you'll find us at TV Husbands Hate. Theme music and production for TV My Husband Hates by Jimmy Sims.